Wowie. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to the latest edition of the Holy Shoot Wrestling Podcast, a podcast that is about, you've guessed it, the world of professional wrestling. Today it's Jason here with a special episode, Yowie Wowie indeed. I recently had the chance to sit down with Adrian from the B Plus Players, a great band that plays Canadian wrestle rock. We spoke about their music back on May 26th, so we had a little chat to start with about that weekend's AEW Double or Nothing pay-per-view before Adrian and I discussed their album Yes, which has only just come out. Producer Chris has worked his magic on this episode, so you'll also be able to enjoy samples of various B-plus player songs as we're talking about them, so it's a great little taster for their album. And we discussed their inspiration, the recording process, and also the reception they've had in the wrestling world, be it the fans, but also big names such as Ruby Wright and Curtis Axel, giving them a lot of love for their music. So that's coming up just after this short break. I hope you enjoy it. So I'm here today with Adrian from the B Plus Players. Adrian, how are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm pretty good. It's been a long weekend in the UK. Oh yeah. Um, we, we we've had a day off as well, so it's been. I'm not it's just a random day off. It seems so. I've been okay. in, enjoying some very vaguely decent weather. <laughs> out cycling for about four hours today, getting some exercise after watching AEW on the weekend as well. Oh, so yeah. that's good. I guess, um, actually, before we get into the music, AEW, did you watch Double or Nothing? Of course we watched Double or Nothing. And did you get, I did it with you guys, you got to watch it live, I'm guessing. Yeah. Yeah, yep. whereas I, I couldn't do that in the UK, um, pre-show was at midnight. Oh, so yeah. <laughs> the main show starts at one, I managed to step till about two o'clock and I gave up because I thought, uh, I'm not going to enjoy this, I'll wait uh, till the morning. And I'm glad I did because then I got to really enjoy this show a lot more. But yeah, what was your views over? What was your overall thoughts on that show? Yeah, uh, it's great from top to bottom. Like, as as good of feelings. Like I, I keep saying, like you walk out of a WWE pay per view with like one or two good feelings, but pretty much there there were so many positives about this. It, it, it's not just it's not just the hype. It they actually delivered on it, which was wonderful. Did you have a particular best match? Best? Uh, well, Cody uh, Dustin was. I guess I felt the most in that one. And then the box versus Lucha's was just was most athletic match, I suppose. Yeah, it's it's hard to pick. I think on the pod, <laughs> I think we I think we all went for the Rhodes boys. Cause, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It was the video package at the start, yeah. everything about it. And I've not seen Dustin Rhodes bleed like that since mm. his WCW days back in the early nineties. And I forgot how much he bleeds when he wants to. <laughs> it's hard to tell how much was intentional if it was supposed to be that much yeah i think he might have gone a bit deep yeah on, <laughs> on that cut and then you look at the, the red face paint and like how like it was that intentional to make it look worse than it was but i don't I'd, I'd, I'd prefer if it wasn't i prefer if he didn't have any face paint yeah. what i loved was them you know cody had all the red through his hair and i think in all the after show stuff cody's kind yeah. of got red highlights yeah absolutely <laughs> just standing there oh. like cool comic collector with blood in his hair I mean, it was an amazing show. <laughs> I think we were blown away by all the guys yeah. I've spoken to. I think everyone really enjoyed that. And it, oh, yeah. it's, it's made it a very interesting time after when that, after that normal WrestleMania lull afterwards. When yeah. 
when WWE is doing all it's can, where it's 24-7, not hardcore, <laughs> tired at all, all those kind of things going on. But there's, there's, there's lots going on in the UK scene at the minute as well. Oh, yeah. And then you've got AEW going on. So, yeah, there's cool stuff going on. In the UK, there's like, I don't, know, I don't know how much you follow the UK scene. This guy's like progress. I've, I've been to the progress show at Mania, and I'll be at the one at, for SummerSlam as well. Oh, sweet. Cool. Yeah, so you're aware of what they're doing. They've just, had, they've just done their retro show. They do a sort of non-canon show. And okay. they just, they, I went to the one they did in the set, was set in 1978. Oh, I heard about it, yeah. Yeah, the one this week, weekend I didn't go to was 1988. Okay. So they're working their way up every year. They do like one like that. And then we've got things like Wrestle Queendom, which is Wrestle Queendom 2. They did Eve Pro Wrestling. It's the all-female group. Yep, and I'll believe. Um, yeah, and they did their big show last year, and they're doing a sequel to that. So there's some cool stuff going on. And then the AEW comes there along and just blows everything out of the water. <laughs> totally. Really cool. Uh, so, I mean, that's like current wrestling stuff. But the main reason we're talking today is because um, I like wrestling music and you make wrestling music, I guess. Correct. So, <laughs> that's sort of one way to talk about it. Um, <laughs> so, Adrian, you are the you do some of the vocals, you're the drums, and you're genuinely doing the, rec- like the mixing and producing of the stuff as yep. well, right? Absolutely. And you describe the B-plus players as Canadian wrestle rock? Correct. <laughs> um, so, some while ago now, like, this is quite early in our podcast, thinking back, this was episode eight, I did a special show, or a special feature, where I talked about all that wrestling music. Mm-hmm. Um, I talked about yourselves alongside Mega Ran, Cheap Pop and the Mountain Goats, yeah, back on episode eight, and I think this will be episode, this might be episode 29, depending when this one comes out. So okay, yeah. It was a little while ago, and we're doing an episode a week, so that was a while ago. Um, I've got I, I you fifth on my top five wrestling albums back then, and that was for the 2016 release of Gorilla Position. Yeah. So that was, that was a while ago now, and that was, a, <laughs> that, I mean, it was, I think my, my summary of it, it was an eight-track album that was good. But the new album for me is like a massive step forward for you oh. guys in terms of production, songwriting, and the range of styles and music genres you're showing. So it's really enjoyed listening to that over the last few weeks. That's great to hear. Yeah, it's been, it's been <laughs> very good. Recorded in the same place in my basement. So yeah, well, it's gonna like production wise, like it's just I don't know, if it's just where you guys have you got. It's like you get more used to doing something. Or yeah, you, sort of, you just get better at doing things. Absolutely. <laughs> I think our podcast has sounded better as we've got further along with it as well and like better at doing editing and we have a producer that does clever stuff sometimes. So it definitely, I think it's definitely practice. It gets you there. (laughs) Um, Outside of me really liking the album, how's it going in the reception so far? Uh, It's been great. Uh, We, so the way we released it was one track a week. So every Thursday we released a new track. Uh, So B plus was the first one, of course, name of the album. Um, AJ Styles came out on Valentine's day. So that got, a pretty good Makes reception sense. for the love song. And then when Ruby Riot came out as number three, like that's when it like the spike, the giant spike came out because Ruby Riot shared it on Twitter. And like it's that one little share that really that's all you need. <clears throat> I was going yeah, to ask about that. So I saw I think Ruby Riot shared it and also Curtis Axel shared the perfect yeah. song about his father as well. Yeah. So. So that was another strategically planned time because we released that song on uh, Kurt Henning's birthday. So, so we get to say, "Hey, Kurt Angle, happy birthday to your dad!" And he's like, "Fuck yeah!" Like, <laughs> you've got this marketing down in terms of the timing <laughs> of these songs coming out. It's very clever, good timing. I just, I love when stuff times up like that. It's yeah. So yeah, I love was it. it um, was there any other wrestler feedback? Because I, I knew about those two. I wasn't sure I'd missed anything. Um, just X Pac like just gave a thank you on one of our tracks, which actually meant a lot more because the last X Pac song we wrote wasn't as favorable as this one. <laughs> yes. This this like 
I went up to Cole Cabana one day and I, I told him about the tra- song and I'm like, what do you think he's, fu- what do you think he thinks this is funny? And he says, nah, I'm like, well, oh, crap. Well, like, what should I do? He says, write a nice song about him. So we did. Because <laughs> <laughs> was, was that X-Pac Heat on the first album, um, wasn't it? Just X-Pac on the first album, X-Pac Heat. Oh, so okay, it's that way around. Yeah. It's actually stolen from Cole Cabana's mouth of him saying, I don't know, write a song called There's No Such Thing as X-Pac Heat. And then we did. <laughs> and, and then he, yeah, he liked that one. That's yeah, cool. he enjoyed that one. Yeah, a sweet guy. Uh, it was it was cool seeing you guys, you know, like teasing a new song every week. Definitely yeah. a good way to do it in this in this era. You don't really <laughs> need to just drop a whole album in one go these days. Oh yeah, especially this one because, like, yeah, like you said, it's a, that I I diverse things. So people, different people are gonna like different things. If you put it all out there at once and somebody doesn't like the first song, they might not keep going with it. So you you release a single each week, somebody will pick up on the country song or whatever they're into. Yeah, and I think I'll talk about that later on. I want to talk about the range of genres you guys yeah. went through, which is why I sort of really enjoyed this album. I mean, like, I like the last one, but this was really fun for me, just kind of <laughs> the range and depending what mood I'm in. I like it. I like it, you know, I like a lot of genres, so I've got definitely different mood sets sometimes. So it's quite cool to have options for all of them. Um, I guess before I go too much into the album, um, I guess it's I want to talk about um i guess you talk about a lot of stories in this out on the on the songs you do like you generally cover someone's whole career or key moments in time yeah and a lot of it's quite inside or it's quite historic what actually like inspires those choices in the songs or the rest of you choose to write songs about uh it's really like me and joel write the majority of the songs Uh, joel's a guitar player and sings most of them i for this album i wrote five he wrote six mike wrote one um so i can only really speak for myself but the way I do it is I get a chorus in my head and then I figure that out and then I base the rest of the song around that. We basically open a Word document and like open Wikipedia up and just like try to figure out the, the, the clever little rhymes that we can make around these points and just try to go through their career. And it's it's already written like we're just writing songs about things that already happened, which is easy and fun. Like there's there's no real there. There is a challenge to it, but it's. It's just so much fun that it doesn't feel like work at all. Okay, so how long and when were these songs written? Is it something where you guys get together and just like do them in like a short time? Was this like over a long time around work and you know general life? Yes, exactly that. This album took two years to make, so <laughs> there was about a like a year hiatus of not working on it at all. But um, me and we we write the song separately and we essentially record a little demo and then show it to the rest of the band and then then we play it together and it's a song that's a cool way to do it it's like <laughs> sort of, it'll come it's come together quite well though yeah. um so you, you talked about we talked about the first sort of song as well so i think so i think the album's called yes but the first song is b plus yeah and you're the b plus player so there's a lot of daniel bryan going on in there but it's a punky song in my head it's kind of like i don't know if pop punk's the right word but maybe it's just because it's got that drive through it it's, yeah it's sort of, I, I come from like a pop punk background for sure and i guess we all do but I, I call that one more of a, a rock a rock tune, but yeah, with a definite punk influence there. Yeah. Um, so it's about the Yes movement. It, again, it covers the whole career of Daniel Bryan into the, through the indies up until that point. So it's a great opener. It ties it all together. I'm guessing we're talking about the name of the band as well, right, and this album. You guys must yeah. all be big D. Bryan fans. Abs- absolutely. Um, my my first, my I guess my third birth into wrestling. So I watched it as a kid. 
<laughs> my second birth was the finger poke of doom. I was really into that for some reason. <laughs> that's an odd moment. It, it's just when I started watching it, I'm like, oh my God, Hogan, Nash. Like That's just when I realized that these guys were still around. And but my, anyone, my, anyone who doesn't know that moment, that's literally <laughs> in Nitro main event, Kevin Nash finger pokes, no, so Hogan finger pokes Kevin Nash, who falls down and Hogan pins him for the belt. And a lot of people point to that as potentially the start of the death of WCW. <laughs> but that's your moment for getting you back in. Yep. I, th- I think it was off and on during like 97, but like I, I started watching in 99. I think that was 99. Yeah, it was January 99. And then so, until whenever, 2002 or whatever it was. So you kind of missed the attitude. The people yeah, the came pretty much. And I got like I would get the VHSs and I would figure out my history from there. But my third birth into it was uh, WrestleMania 28, very first match, uh, Sheamus versus uh, Danny Bryan, the the 18 second match. Not one of Danny Bryan's best matches. <laughs> no, but that that match was the catalyst for the Yes Movement. It dictated the next two years, and that's kind of what the song's about. Well, the the song has the indie days and the American Dragon and stuff, but. That whole two-year period is why, essentially why I'm a wrestling fan. Like, it, There was so much emotion going from 28 to 30. And I, they tried to capitalize on it with like Kofi Mania and Becky and stuff like that. But I don't think WWE will ever give me that much feeling again. It's definitely a key moment. It's funny I'm um, talking about like what got them in or what got them back. Um, on the podcast, Brod, who I do the show with, his moment is like, I think when it, I don't know if he liked it a bit when he was younger, but for him it was um, Eddie Guerrero becoming world champ and, yeah. uh, and it started his run against JBL. And okay. he loves Eddie Guerrero so much and that's what got him into it. I mean, what got me back into it was randomly flicking channels when I was at my aunt's, I think, um, in the 90s. And Hulk Hogan came out. Why is he all in black? What the hell is going on with yeah. Bill Hulk Hogan? Yeah. You get those well, you get those moments sometimes yeah. that sort of intrigue you and get you back into it. And well, see, CM Punk's directly what got me back, but the the storyline that made me feel so strongly about creating this life of this band is was da- definitely Daniel Bryan. Yeah. So yeah, I I like the song. It's a real good starting sort of tune. Yeah, nice. Definitely, definitely a cool one. Um, do you have a favorite di- like Daniel Bryan match? Like Honestly, just that whole lead up, the, uh, the the cage match with Bray Wyatt, like that moment when he turns face after, on top of the cage, like just so much feeling. The, like also, uh, I think it was SummerSlam 2013 against Cena. Yeah, uh, I'm not sure what year it was, but it was definitely SummerSlam. I think that might be my favorite Daniel yeah. Bryan match. because He wins and then Orton cashes in the, the briefcase, uh, Triple H turning, whatever. Um Again, it's just I felt so much in that moment. Like it was so much disappointment, but it was so much feeling. Like WWE made me feel something, which is I love. And then we had what eight months or whatever of them trying to make us not want Daniel Bryan. Yeah, but damn exactly. it, the Yes Movement was not going to get forgotten <laughs> about. Which this song kind of goes through, really. The second song is AJ Styles, which is 
a tongue-in-cheek love song to AJ, I guess. <laughs> Have you guys stopped thinking about AJ Styles yet? Um, I maybe a little bit. <laughs> That's a key line from this song. Yeah. <laughs> I enjoyed it because I think again, I like clever little wordplay and like yeah. insider references. So there's references to soccer mum hair, asking if fe- like Festus is cool, talking about wearing a ring of honor. There's a lot of like cool little tongue-in-cheek moments here. Who wrote that one? Uh, Joel definitely wrote that one. And when he showed it to me, I was in I was absolutely in love. And it took us forever to actually start playing it live because he's obsessed with the harmonies and like getting it right, getting it perfect. So yeah. That that was my favorite time he ever sent me a demo and I just got to listen to it in my bed and just like just over and over again to pick apart every single lyric. That that's essentially how me and Joel got together as like a partnership essentially is because we're both obsessed with making every lyric count. And I think talking about that one, um, it came out on Valentine's Day as well. So you timed that one quite well. Yeah. <laughs> I think what I really liked about it is um, so when I was younger, I had, I'm not a proper musician, but I've got friends that are real musicians and they can write proper songs and everything like that. And we went on holiday and just decided to write an album and wrote some terrible songs. And there was an overall concept. But I did a, I wrote the lyrics for Wrestling With My Heart, which okay. is about these two wrestlers that are in love. And it's about the relationship where one of them just has really low self-esteem and just did lots of little wordplay on that, the wrestling stuff. And it's a kind of like a Bruce Springsteen slow song when one of the, when the guys actually recorded it. Because then after writing it all for like about a week on holiday, we then like recorded the whole thing for a week while just drinking lots of alcohol back at their place. <laughs> so I think when I heard the AJ one, it's like, I remember writing something <laughs> like this when I was younger, it, it, it amused me quite a lot for that reason. Yeah, and the the thing about AJ is like he, there, there, there's the, in the rumor mill that he might be a little bit homophobic. So the the concept of writing a love song for the homophobic guy, like, sure we respect his work, but we also want to poke fun at him a little bit. He's he's a very good Christian Republican. Exactly. That, that has certain connotations to it. I think. Yeah. I don't know ever been said definitely. I'm sure he's quite a chill guy, but he just is definitely that going to be those sorts. Suspicions, I guess. Who's the new guy at the top of the ramp making his rumble debut? IWGP champ. He was making waves and taking names in Japan, but I could tell right away I'd be his number one fan. Again, because it's quite insider with Mean Mark. Yeah. Um, is it me? This is a really grungy song, especially with the chorus. Am I getting that right? It just felt like I was like, it's like, oh, they're sort of playing on Nirvana grunge of that chorus. Yeah. Like, that that's the only song that Michael, our our second guitar player, has written for the the band. So like, it the the best thing about this is now we have three songwriters and Coleman can write songs too. And but just putting in a different thing, like none of us expected him to do that. And he just said, here's a new song. We're like, this is great. Sounds nothing like anything else. And this is awesome. 
Um, that song specifically is actually it, it, it was born as a tweet. Um, after WrestleMania 33, the presumes Undertaker's last match, I put out a tweet that said um, it was a, a picture of um, Mark Calloway before he became a wrestler. And I, I implied that like um, Mark Calloway, a Houston, Texas man, has been missing for the last 33 years and presumed dead. Um, and he's finally emerged after all this time. And like it, it became a viral hit. Like it was my my only viral, like really viral tweet. And it was like like thir- like three thousand retweets and stuff like that. Oh, cool, it's a lot so, of retweets. Yeah, <laughs> and even uh, what's his face, uh, Brock Lesnar guy. He 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 tried to steal my tweet. He made it into a meme, and I wasn't. So I'll forever hate that guy. But so uh, Mike sees this tweet and just like whatever, and decides to write the the origin story of whatever happened to Mean Mark. Like, sure, he became the Undertaker, but like with the idea of like whatever happened to that guy, like with the concept that the Undertaker just never existed. Um. What, I think this ties into what the thing I was saying about this is it's like a history lesson on pre Undertaker Mark Calloway. Yeah. Do you find people ever come up to you and say, because of you, I learned some history? You know, I learned something from your songs. Yeah, absolutely. Like, especially people who don't know much about wrestling, like just yeah, yeah. And as somebody who doesn't know much at all would listen to one of our songs and know some stuff that a lot of other wrestling fans don't even know about. Yeah, and I think I get it because I'm one of the older wrestling fans in my group. I'm 36, but I think the youngest <laughs> in our group is 20. Yeah. And in terms of that's like the age range. So sometimes someone asks a question, you're like, how do you not know that? But then you <laughs> realize, oh, you weren't born. Oh, okay, right, fair enough. <laughs> yeah, that happens a lot. We like we we do the pay-per-views every month. There's there's always new people cycling in. We're like just our friends were getting into it. So they have no idea. And it's just so much fun to explain everything to them. So how many did you do pay-per-view replays? Like, do you get quite a few people together for those? Uh, yeah, um, absolutely. Anywhere between like four and we probably had like 16 people here before. Yeah, that's quite cool. Um, the reason I mentioned it is because um, so this podcast, Holy Shoot, is affiliated with the Watch Wrestling London meetup group that I run. And yeah. um, it's somehow become the largest meetup group in Europe. It could be potentially in the world in terms of meetup users. The New York one is bigger, but less people turn up to their events. So I'm always interested when someone talks about doing a pay-per-view replay, even if it's in their home or in a bar. Yeah. We get we get anything from, say, 20 to 45 people together in a bar on a Monday night, and we watch pay-per-view replays. And it's so much fun when you get a group put together, especially when there's new people that come in and you sort of, oh, what's your level of knowledge? And some of them are insanely, like, historically, like, clued up. And some people just seem to be like, oh, I've just been watching for the last couple of years. Yeah. And it's amazing the range that you get from people. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I saw um, on your Facebook page. Do you have? You actually have a. You have like a, a pay per view championship belt. We do. Yes. <laughs> How does someone so, win that? Um, we have a, a list. It's essentially uh, Reddit does one of these too, but I make my own of just like who wins each match. You get two points for that. Uh, you get a point for the finish. You get a point for the bonus, and that's anything. Anything interesting that happens in the match, like often blood, table spots, run-ins, whatever. And for Elimination Chamber, it gets ridiculous. You have to pick the order and like who gets eliminated in what order. Uh, but over the last four years, there's only been seven champions. So it, it's it, we Anna just became the new champion this week for the first time. So <laughs> she was pretty excited about that. 
What the reason I ask about that is because a similar thing. Um, we've got a friend of, other, of the show, I guess he's been on the show before, Mike, and he does this for our group. And there's about twenty of us in this league, and yeah. we used to just do like per event. And now he's got a running league. He's actually he actually works for a bookies, so he understands all the betting as well. So oh, he he's made it rather complicated. Where it used to just be who wins which match, yeah. And now he does it, and there's all these other things like okay, who gets the pin? Does such and such happen? And it becomes really complex. So you've really <laughs> got to think about it. So it, it, it makes it more fun when you're watching the replay when you're like, oh, God, I'm really invested now. Yeah. Oh, that's the thing. That, that's why I love doing it, because even if, if it's a crap match, you, like if if you predict the person you don't want to win is going to win, you're excited. And if they if the person you like wins, then you're excited. So everybody wins. It's definitely a way to make the show more fun. <laughs> I'll have to actually um, I will send you like an example of what how in depth he does his. OK. And I could I could potentially send it to you whenever we have a pay-per-view. He does this now and he manages the whole thing. And it, it might give you some ideas for how to run your one. Some additional <laughs> suggestions. Oh, sorry. Anyway, back to the music. Actually, <laughs> so like we went, went off on a tangent there. Um, so, Mean Mark on the Mark Calloway theme. I also really like Brothers of Destruction. Yeah. And um, I don't know if it's because I've been playing a lot of Red Dead Redemption, <laughs> and I recently completed it. But it means I've been really loving that soundtrack. Okay, so this yeah. one appealed to me a lot because it's definitely got that classic Western style to it. Yeah. Um, it made it really cool for me. Um. What inspired like the choice here of genre? Uh, I, I I actually wrote that one, and I well, you look at Undertaker, and he looks like a cowboy essentially. Like either whether he's American badass or whatever, like he the 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 the, the dark shadow with like the I, I don't know if it's a cowboy hat, but he just he looks like a cowboy. So uh, a dreary song about this guy, and then I named it Brothers of Destruction. Like ah oh, crap, I got to put Kane in there too now. <laughs> <laughs> just because I, I like I wrote the chorus before I wrote the song and it's essentially Ghost Riders in the Sky if you know that song yeah yeah so it's 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 essentially like it's taking that feeling and putting it on the Brothers of Destruction so the song itself actually ended up being a lot longer than I intended because I because I get to the point where I introduce the Undertaker and then I talk about how Kane debuts and like ah oh, crap now I actually have to talk about them like as a tag team and then I wrote about the streak and stuff like that. I'm like now it's six minutes long. That's the longest song I've ever written. Yeah, because you guys are normally like two, three minute exactly. type songs, and then it's yeah. a six minute epic almost <laughs> on the album. That barely changes at all. But it's it's but you get the history. Like you're learning something. You're listening to a story. So it doesn't like I like it. Yeah, I mean again, it's, it's the history lesson and the storytelling that happens.
we're going to go too much into the Bobby the Brain song, but that feels like that's a new wave style, like yeah. new wave pop punk. And that made me think, like, I was building on that question of matching genres to characters and eras. I thought, okay, Mean Mark, that was kind of around the time that grunge would have been happening. <laughs> and then I thought, okay, Bobby the Brain, what, 80s coming up, new wave made sense. Is there that kind of logic going on or am I seeing too much? Um, absolutely. It's probably more self-conscious, like subconscious than anything, but absolutely again with I, I wrote that song i wrote the chorus bobby the brain bobby the brain and i'm thinking devo and i'm thinking weird it's it's actually a ripoff of weird al's ripoff of devo is what that song a is. Rip off of a ripoff yeah so the song dare to be stupid is kind of where my brain was at and when i got the keyboard guy to put the keys down i said like it's dare to be stupid and then he he put in like a subtle reference in there and like it's this is perfect man i really appreciate this so yeah it's never probably the mission to make the songs appropriate to the performer as much as it just happens because that's where our brains go. I want to talk about one more song in particular on the album, um, Suplex City. Um, It's like a slower, more reflective song, and it has one of my favorite lines in terms of here, bust you open hard way, the lovable scamp. (laughs) Scamp feels like a very English word. I don't know how popular that is in North America. That's why I think I liked it so much. I never say it, but yeah, Joel wrote that one as well, and you you can just kind of see his like mind frame of kind of like poking the bear a little bit, just like calling... You would never go to Brock Lesnar and say you're a lovable scamp to his face. But if you're behind a microphone, you might take a little jab. <laughs> Especially after in the reference in this is to Randy Orton and just actually smashing his head open with his elbow. And <laughs> people not being sure if it was a work or a shoot, what was going on there. And be like, yeah. oh, you lovable scamp. <laughs> there was a time, there was a place you couldn't look around without seeing Brock Lesnar's face. Was a mixed martial artist since he double A champ. He'll bust you wide open, hard way. What a lovable scam! Isn't it a pity? And now, Suplex City. So I guess I want to know from you, any particular favorites you had on this album or anything you feel like comes out of this album as a, as a total piece? Yeah. Um, well, I'm absolutely biased and I, we, we don't like, we don't play brothers of disruption live. We just don't. So that was kind of my, my little free reign of making a song exactly the way I wanted to. So I'm definitely a little biased on that. Bobby the Brain's a little the same way. We play that differently live without the keyboards. So it's more of a rock song live than it is. So I really enjoyed crafting those songs. So I'll always enjoy them a little bit more. But songs like 
Um, like as far as like how much I enjoy the finished product is how mu- how well I feel I did. So something like Killer Kowalski, I wasn't as excited about the song in the beginning as I was with the finished product because I think it really came together through the process and watching watching it grow and change. Um, it 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 feels like a different song than the first time we jammed it. So I really like that one too. And Giant Baba too. Like those two songs are about two guys I didn't really know that much about. So I learned something in the process as well. Like Joel brought those songs to me and like, oh wow, I know things now after listening to them so many times. I mean, what I like about it is that the range of topics covered. So you say you've got some stuff about like Japanese wrestling, old school territory days, um, something a bit, some of the more modern stuff as well. But But you've generally done big history pieces. So it's not like it's a, I guess, I don't know what hit one would be the word, but it isn't something about Kofi Mania. It's something with like a lot more history to it that you guys have covered. Yeah. So like with the Daniel Bryan story, it, we did wait a couple of years. Well, we did not intentionally, but it was a couple of years after the fact. Just and we realized like this story is important. And maybe you look at Kofi Mania and think maybe it was more an isolated incident than a long lasting story. You, only time will tell yeah. on that one. I can imagine you could do a copy song in a year or two. Yeah. That's one that's more like scope to that story. It was weird releasing this album with the Kofi, like the Kofi being the new B plus player and people giving us feedback. Like what, is, why isn't it about Kofi? Why isn't Kofi on the cover? Like, cause it's about Daniel Bryan, like five years ago. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Well, you've definitely got that for the future. Yeah. Um, I guess so the album is out in its entirety now I think you've actually done old school CD pressings I think I saw you guys were posting on social about that yeah we did we did um we did tapes for the last one and we'll do CDs for this one but um the uh, yeah Bandcamp you can get it for free right now or you can throw us money that's cool and on the 31st we'll have the CDs available for mail or whatever and it will be on all the streaming services yeah, they're already on Spotify. I think both albums now, aren't they? Yeah, so like yeah. anyone, anyone can go and look for the B plus players on Spotify and listen to both albums. Yeah, or go to Bandcamp and check it out. So yeah. I think, and yeah, they say they can download and own them if they want. So, but I guess what's next for you guys? So the album's out. Are you touring this now? Do you? How how wide did you guys get to tour from Nova Scotia? We don't really do that much touring. We stay in the Maritimes, really. <laughs> As yeah, yeah, like I I, I look at the, this. To me, this band is more of a recording project and just like getting it out to the world because I know the internet will eat eat it up more than like punk slash wrestling fans will. Like it, it's it's a limited amount of people who will come out to your show if you're a wrestling band. If you know what I mean? Yeah, I guess you you need to tick the box of wrestling and the genre of music I'm playing. Exactly, <laughs> and we play so many genres at the same time. So. Um, it's more of a recording project to put it out there, but we also love playing live around the Maritimes as well. Do you guys get many gigs like in the area then? Are you guys like regular on the scene? Oh yeah. Like we've all been playing in bands for a decade. So we we were well connected around here. So we we just haven't really looked into going abroad yet. Uh, It's it's obviously a lot of a commitment to come over to somewhere like the UK or to go around North America on a tour. You've got to definitely have that audience beforehand. Yeah, you you should try and cash in on the um, Starcast or Star Starcast Starcade, whatever they're calling Uh, it. Starcast, yeah, yeah, Yeah. absolutely. Should just if you could get booked on that or do a gig around a couple of gigs around there, you'd probably find that's that's your audience. There's four thousand people in one location. They were the ones that are coming. What you guys do a gig? Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Be quite a cool thing to do. 
Cool. Um, I guess that's everything I wanted to talk to on the album. Like I, said, I really like the new album. I've been listening to it a lot. It's become my gym album at the moment because there's okay. some good, like, rockier stuff on this. So it's like, it's a good one just to go to the gym and listen to for me or when I'm cycling to work and things like that. So I'm really enjoying it. Um, I guess, I don't know. I think you've plugged it pretty much the album. How else can people stay in touch with you? What's the, do you have your social media details memorized? Um, not really, but they're right in front of me. So I'll read them off, I suppose. <laughs> uh it sucks because like it is a pretty common name like people do use it so you gotta put the the on there sometimes and not other times uh twitter with the b plus players bandcamp b b plus players dot bandcamp dot com instagram official b plus players facebook.com slash the b plus players and youtube we're, we are going to look to more doing that but we do have youtube.com slash the b plus players and so I'm saying, there's, a, there's a few videos on YouTube that you guys have done, right, as well, from the first album. And I think this one's got some as well, where there's like some sort of easy, easy, easy to find either videos or clips of you guys on YouTube. Yeah. Um, and I, like I, I started doing like interviewing local wrestlers and stuff like that and uh, trying to get more into the local scene around here. But uh, the DDP music video we've had up there for a little while. Um, Sunny Days. Did you see Sunny Days in the, the Battle Royal, the Casino Battle Royal? The yellow faced guy. Oh, what one was he? God, uh, the, the battle royal got a bit messy in the pre-show yeah. of the AEW. I'm trying to remember the yellow face guy. God, he had I'm, yellow face paint on. I mainly got obsessed with Luchasaurus. He's my <laughs> new, he might be my new favorite wrestler. Okay, cool. Well, Sunny Days is actually, um, his d- name's Dylan Freimer, I believe. And he's DDP's um, video editor for his DDP yoga stuff. And he made us a video of DDP clips. For oh, he actually our... made the video for you. Yeah, That's... exactly. Oh, I thought you guys had put that together. That's great. no man. <laughs> I was I was just tweeting at DDP. I'm like, hey, we made the song about you. And he comes back. He's like, yeah, yeah, my buddy's making a video for you. I'm like, oh <laughs> crap! All right, cool. And then yeah, he eventually sent it our way. That's cool. So yeah, that's so that's um, from the first album, DDP. Yeah. There's some good stuff on the first album as well. And that, I think that's, I mean, that's a song I chose to play when we did the um, summary of all the sort of wrestling oh, yeah. albums we were listening to. I went for that one and okay. pointed a bit towards that YouTube video. Yeah, well, that's cool that he's actually had his his men help you guys out. Yeah, of that. That's and we've had sweet. like so many different things. Like um, not on this album, but we made the Christmas song about Mick Foley. And we got mandible we got claws, mandible claws. Yeah. It, yeah, we'd been talking about that for years. We finally made it. Foley re fully retweets it says he's humbled and like shoots up in the in the whatever the ratings or whatever we call it we got a lot of hits on that one that's cool um i guess are you gonna try have you got any more songs planned now is it just this album and then you've got a bit of a break or is there more topical stuff to come we definitely want to keep going but at the moment we just have one new one uh, mean gene uh so like right when he passed i i immediately got the 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 idea in my head there's a there's a really fun american pop punk band called the mean jeans g-e-a-n-s and to me i'm just like okay cool i'm gonna write a mean jeans song about mean gene and wrote it in like 10 minutes and it's 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 one of our our favorite things to do play at the moment so we'll be playing out that at the release show cool um so yeah agent Thank you for your time. Just to confirm, everyone, this was Adrian from the B Plus Players, who, along with Joel, Michael, and Coleman, has released their latest album. So, you guys just look up the B Plus Players. You might want to do it with the symbol and the word, depending what platform you're on. It sounds like <laughs> as well. So, but the reason to find them typically the word, yeah, yeah. The reason to find on Spotify, Bandcamp, and other places. So, do go check them out. They are very good. Um, so, Adrian, thank you for your time today. 
Absolutely. Thanks for having me.